I uh, I forgot I was going to grab my tablet, and then I thought, you know, if we get to a point where there's not much to say, we can have a sound effect off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I should do is I should alert. I should I should alert. I should load the uh, sound effect that I usually use to open the show. Um, how I have the little short clip, and then there's the sound effect, and then uh, and then the show starts. Uh, right. I should actually load that into the soundboard so that we could just be talking, and then I won't tell anybody when we go live, and then when you hear that, you'll know that that's when we go live. <laughs> and that we've been live <laughs> for, the last, for the past few seconds or so. Hey, welcome to Montreal Sauce. It's the show where I, Chris, from Edmonton, and my friend Paul, whose voice you've been hearing, Hello. We we talk to makers and creative folks and uh, people who are uh, on a journey through this new digital world and making new pathways to cool new jobs and things they love. Totally. And, yeah. And tonight's guest is no one. <laughs> <laughs> We've <laughs> tapped all those people out. The rest of us are just blue collar working, angry at our job people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're just talking to ourselves tonight. <laughs> it's true. It's an old school Montreal sauce. Yeah, I'm actually really good at talking to myself in third person too. If Paul needs to get up and go to the restroom, <laughs> don't you think so, Chris? Well, yes. Okay, so um, <laughs> that's how you're so good at maintaining multiple Twitter accounts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so many voices. Uh, yeah. So next week. Um, we have, I managed to get an Edmonton author, um, Marty Chan, to join us to talk on Montreal Sauce. So I'm pretty excited about that. But he, uh, when I was trying to nail down a date, he was like, hey, will, uh, you know, May 21st work? And I was, yes, please come on the show. <laughs> um, even though Paul and I had sort of discussed like, hey, what do you say we take like a sort of like a break in May? And so we thought we would stop last week when we did film frown <laughs> <laughs> so today on the 14th i i did actually um pursue a guest uh i was in talks with adam dotches of supercharged on the five by five network um and uh he needed some recorded material for a show and i'm like i have a microphone and a soundboard next to my computer i'm gonna use it damn it um, <laughs> so i recorded some stuff for adam for a couple of different uh, projects he was working on and uh in one of the emails i said hey i heard you say you would like to be on other podcasts and maybe um do more shows you are totally welcome to come on either one of our shows and uh he messaged me back and said i really think it'd be kind of fun to do film frown um especially with his like sort of at the time his new co-host because he works in the industry in LA and he's like, I bet he'd be fun to have on there as well. Yes, definitely. And so I was like, okay, well I've actually done lots of good pre-production and I'm pretty much full <laughs> for film. <laughs> um, unless of course you could do the 14th, which is total shot in the dark. And uh, that was a no go. So here's Paul and I. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Once again. So and welcome. That's my story. Boom. Totally. And so uh, tonight, 
Oh, I was going to say, uh, since we since we usually talk to people who make stuff on the internet, um, you've actually been pretty busy uh, writing stuff on the internet the last few weeks. Actually, yes. more like three, four weeks, a couple months even. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I was asked to, uh, I wanted to get my writing chops going a little bit, so uh, I've kind of pursued that a little more. Um, and so I've been writing over at the lost highway.com doing some movie reviews for them. I was actually working on one right before the show instead of doing notes for the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I have a review that I hope to post in like the next week or so, uh, for zombie beavers because I'm Canadian. So I have to watch a movie about zombie beavers. Yep. Um, it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I uh, imagine they're the scourge of Canada. Yes, they are. <laughs> well, what, what's really interesting to me is I, I did the research, as I like to say. That's, I guess, my catchphrase on these shows. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I actually haven't consulted any Canadians, so um, and they're not listening, so that's right. good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're, but they're being very polite about not listening. Right. <laughs> So um, I consulted uh, no Canadians. So I even I forgot to ask my wife about this particular subject. But I um, I read, you know, I was like, why are beavers the symbol of Canada? <laughs> and um, it goes back to history, kids, which that makes sense. But I just find it kind of interesting, at least my version of the history. <laughs> Is that uh, the the beavers were made the national symbol um, because basically Canada would not be here were it not for beavers. Um, and that is simply because uh, people brought back some um, beaver pelts to ah, uh, and people were fashioning trade. Yes. So they were making hats. I guess uh, the fur hats were like all the rage back in Europe. And so um, then people had to settle up here um, to and I remembered a little bit, a little bit of that from school living in Michigan. Uh, fur trade was kind of big over there, too. Um, but I just I started laughing because um, the way like my twisted brain reads it is like, so you practically hunted beavers to extinction so you can make nice hats <laughs> <laughs> and then they became unfashionable. And then, like, in sort of like a, in reparations to the beaver, you were like, okay, we'll make you our national symbol because we feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's either that or Canada is like, look, the beaver is going to be our symbol because we can never let that happen again. Mm. We're going to wear this, right? Yeah. Put it front and forward. And then we're going to hunt oil to extinction. Oh, sorry. so you guys you guys memorialize the beaver whereas we just name sports teams after the people who were here give them very small chunks of land and let them go to college for free (laughs) yes america yeah (laughs) i i just wanted to continue your america phrase with the uh rest of the song but um (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) team america world police uh that's correct. Uh, yeah. 
So yeah, I'm working on that review for them. I've written two for them so far. And then uh, I just was uh, jawing with uh, Jacob Cook of ArcOS one day. And I said, I have a crazy idea. And I don't know if it'll ever pan out. But I was going to write something about ArcOS. Would you like to put it on your page rather than me just filling it on my blog? And he said, go for it. So, Yeah, I like that post. Yeah, so I, I did that. And then um, I'm working... I was listening to uh, The New Disruptors, which is a podcast that's no longer produced, but uh, it is um, similar to like our format. I found it later. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> um, and he's a former writer for The Economist. And now I think he is like the editor and maybe he's like the head guy at the magazine, which is Marco Armet's like publication, right? Yeah, yeah. Glenn Fleshman or something like that. Glenn Fleshman, um, yeah. Yeah. He uh he bought it from Marco. And okay. actually I think he's uh shutting it down. So uh, because it is not doing it 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 didn't maintain its uh its head of steam. So Right. So yeah, his podcast I think he has a new podcast, but the one called The New Disruptors, they he talks to people who are the new disruptors who yep. are doing things yep. differently and it's a great show. Yeah, I was listening to one of those episodes and uh, one of his guests who um, does music for a living was talking about how Kickstarter is great, but like she's never like actually set out to raise more money than she needs, right? Like I want to mm. print so many CDs mm-hmm. um, and I have to go to recording studio and all this stuff. This is how much it's going to cost me. And so she's like, it's great to raise funds, but it wasn't like it was paying for my living. And so she, yeah, uh, yeah. she said at one point, um, because she didn't like whatever job that she was at before. So she switched to sort of writing online and while she was making her music and doing cons and things like that, she said that she started working for, um, I think it's called crowdsource.com. And at one point she was like their fourth highest earner. <laughs> wow. So, so I've been looking into that too. They only take, um, writers and people at, at a certain time, but, uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> my friend in Greece, uh, when I posted it on Facebook is like, uh, she's like, I'm really tempted to listen and hang out with you guys, but it's 4am here and I need to get up in three hours. (laughs) So then she said topics we could discuss were insomnia, being away from your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, nice. Um, trad music and how it rocks. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Trad music and how it rocks. Now I'm really curious why. Oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm hoping to maybe get paid for writing one day, but I'm really enjoying doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've gotten away from it a little bit on my own blog, which is kind of funny. Like I posted a piece, which you can see at sickdays.com right now, on how last week Ernie Reyes Jr. popped into our uh, chat room. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? And uh, I posted a piece about that, but I just actually finished one. I just need to add some pictures and post it for uh, (laughs) 
for my next step in leaving Google, which was another post I was doing. So, yeah, I thought you, uh, I thought you captured my um, <laughs> sheer terror of thinking I had scared him away <laughs> fairly well. Well, yeah, that was funny. I was like, just the whole time, I was like, it's not really him. It's like somebody messing with us. It's yes. not really him. And I was like, right. what if it is him? No, what it's not really it is him. him. And then when he left, I was like, is that evidence that it really is him? And he was offended that Paul was saying he didn't like the musical <laughs> parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should, have, uh, we should have taken that moment to get him on the show tonight. Yes. I dropped the ball there and I'm sorry for uh, <laughs> for my mom and people listening. Um, but uh, I did, I reached out to him on Twitter through the Film Crown account and asked him if he wanted to be on Montreal Sauce and he hasn't answered, but I, I haven't really stalked him too much. Sure. But he yeah. doesn't post a lot, so I don't know if he's even seen it yet, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, could be. Yep. That's what I'm saying inside my brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he just didn't see it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just got lost in his email hitbox. It's okay. He's a very <laughs> popular guy. Yeah. I'm totally. good enough. I'm sorry. I had so many like <laughs> reposts and favorites. I was like, wow. It's just interesting because some people like don't know who he is. And sure. And it, he made like such an impact on um, Arden and myself because we were the same age as him when we were watching him in movies like kicking people's butts <laughs> yeah i mean i i did not know who he was before before last week's show but when by the time uh we saw him in the chat room uh you guys had already mentioned him on the show and i had i was kind of looking at imdb pages here and there so um so i was i i had seen his imdb page and started kind of looking at the stuff he was in and i was like oh he's been in quite a bit of stuff Many of many of those things which I have seen, so I'm kind of surprised that I didn't know who he was. But then again, I'm one of those people that rarely correlates an actor name with the face. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that guy that I saw in that other thing and that other thing. And I'm more commonly saying, oh yeah, that guy is Indiana Jones and Han Solo than, oh, that guy is Harrison Ford. So um, so then once that, once it occurred to me who that was and who he was in the movie that we had watched. And then seeing him in the chat room, I was like, okay, all right, we got something going on here. This is fun. And then he disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Purely because his computer crashed. But you know, I, I assumed it was because I was calling the music videos and the movie terrible. Yeah. And they, they were, it was just, I think I'll stand by it. I think, you know, that's what we should do is I'm going to, while we're doing the show right now, I'm going to start a Kickstarter page to raise money to get Ernie Race Jr. a new laptop. <laughs> <laughs> it quit when he was on our podcast. Let's get this guy a new Let's laptop. Let's get this guy a new laptop. And we know how skilled he is in the martial arts, so we need to get him one of those crazy industrial strength tough books that yes. he can actually kick and not be able to break. Word. There you go. So I, it's funny, like... Uh, Last um, when we were both like, what is trad music? I was just like, uh, I kind of giggled because I remembered at some point I had asked someone in the chat room to look up something. And this time mom did it. She said it's short for traditional jazz. Ah, like Dixieland and Ragtime. Sure. 
So, uh, yeah, which typically she says uses a front line of trumpet, clarinet, and trombone. Ah, okay. It's interesting because uh, <laughs> there's like I posted it on Twitter. You can find it somewhere, but there's this uh, a couple blocks away from me. There used to be a Molson Brewery, and um, in Edmonton, it's kind of it's a landmark because like they're proud that they had the brewery here, but also there's this giant like it's probably six seven story building with then a giant Molson sign on the top of it. (laughs) Yeah. And for years, I think there was some um, issue like, you know, maybe we should make this a landmark and nah, let's not do it. Maybe we should. So like nobody touched the building. So it's been vacant and sitting there. And so some development group has bought it and they've been working on it. um, And they hope to be done like with portion of it this fall, which is crazy to me. But, um, they're calling it the brewery district. And of course it's just going to be, um, I think like they think they have plans of not only like shopping, but also living. Mm. So, um, I'm trying to think, uh, in Grand Rapids, if there's anybody besides Paul, I'm just trying to draw a reference for Paul. Um, <laughs> so I think they're thinking more of like making it a little area, like where the, um, the cinema is, what's that? starts with a K that I'm trying to think um, by um, across from Meyer Gardens is um, oh across from Meyer Gardens I know I know where you're talking about that's up on um, the East Belt line kind of the north end of the East Belt line yeah where the um, cinema is there like there's like if you look at the plans for that like they have all that shopping there but they also yep. are going to have like living quarters there and things like yep making it its own little community sure a, so that's a walkable they, community as they say it's exactly as they say so that's what they <laughs> so i started talking about this because of uh trumpet and trombones because I got to see like someone posted a and then I reposted it. It's a digital fly through of this brewery district as they do in the biz, three <laughs> uh, D kind of a thing. And yep. it's the music is like synth, like synth <laughs> trombone. It was pretty interesting. Ugh. Yeah, it was just like synth horns. Like, and it was someone made a comment that it was very eighties, and I was like, indeed, Paul would dislike this. <laughs> Um, (laughs) and there's some really interesting pieces where uh it feels like it looks better than some of the 3d stuff that i've seen but obviously it's coming down in cost but uh it still has like a sort of uh when they go into close-ups of stores and stuff and show people it still feels very sims like like i just want a diamond over everyone's head Mm. like what yeah. color is the diamond over their head? Are they enjoying themselves? Might not want to go to this <laughs> supposed new place if there's not a green diamond over his head. Um, <laughs> that person's frustrated. It needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. This establishment should install some <laughs> instantly. <laughs> there's a great there's a great piece where like uh, like they're shopping in a produce section and like a man like picks up a piece of fruit and smells it. there's all kinds of you know different ways like uh people 
different things people do thump their fruit in all kinds of different ways to check if it's ripe. But right. I don't know that yeah. smelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you? Yeah. I feel like if it's smelling, you know, like a fruit is bad before it even gets close to your nose. But, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I have a bad nose, so maybe. Could be. I shouldn't be judging this 3D character. I'm a horrible person. The only thing I really have any grasp of how to check, honestly, at the supermarket is uh, like an avocado. I can kind of tell by firmness whether or not uh, an avocado is particularly ripe. But that said, avocados have a fairly wide range to where they're fairly edible, just maybe a little bit harder and slightly less flavorful if they're not quite ripe yet. And then they actually stay pretty well after they've after they've ripened as long as you haven't actually cut them open so oh wow this totally this like brings me back to like the early episodes of montreal sauce where (laughs) where you would drop some sort of knowledge some science like that and i would be like wow that's awesome there you go and i like want to take a note but i'm like oh yeah people are listening to us i can't take a note but i can listen to this later (laughs) that's true (laughs) i'll just freak out when i like Go to shop for avocados next time and be like, what podcast was that? <laughs> I need Which to episode? listen to that. I remember it was season three. You, This is why, like, all my podcast notes are so lengthy and thorough because I want to be able to find stuff easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I go into a search engine and I type yes. site colon montrealsauce.com. <laughs> and then type some keyword yes. and uh, get the post that you want. Yeah. Yeah. I've been looking at... Um, uh, there's a developer that I follow. His name is Manton Reese, uh, and he does a podcast with another developer named Daniel Jelkett. Um, it's called Core Intuition, uh, and it's a pretty good podcast. It's mostly uh, Apple development focused. It's less about like the hardware and the rumors, although they do kind of talk about that a little bit. But it's more about like being an independent developer and um, trying to. Um, you know, keep your business going, but then also like the challenges of doing uh, of doing programming in the Apple world where there's so much turnover from Apple, like kind of induced turnover, like every year they're incrementing the operating system for the phone and the operating system for the Mac and they're introducing new frameworks and they're getting rid of old frameworks. So being an Apple developer has a some trickiness to it sometimes because you want to use the new stuff. You don't know when you can support it. Um, and, uh, or how, you know, how many people can, can actually run that on their hardware yet or have the right version of the, of the OS to run it yet. Um, but he has a, he also has a couple of different web apps that he's written. Uh, one of which is kind of a specialty, uh, search engine that's specifically for blogs or really kind of anything with a post style format. Um, I should look up what that's called a second while I'm <laughs> while I'm going on about this. But I'm thinking in the next version in the in the new CMS where we bring everything Film Frown and Montreal Sauce kind of under one thing. Um, I don't know if I've officially said that on the podcast, but I'm sure I've hinted at it enough times that that's kind of what's going on. Um, there can be only one. There can be only one. (laughs) It's purely because, uh, I'm lazy and I want to make it simpler. If I start creating more shows, I just want to have a button where I can be like, create show, upload album artwork, upload episode. Yay. We have a show instead of (laughs) 
firing up a whole new install of my uh, my current mess of code <laughs> that I have written that publishes the Montreal Sauce and Film Frown sites. It's not really that messy. <laughs> I, I tell myself. Um, <laughs> as you can read about in the blog post on uh, padizio.com about how I publish the podcasts. Not much has changed since then. Uh, let me see. I'm going to look up. I believe Some... it's Riverfold Software is his website. Search path. Great search for your site. Um, and it's basically you just put in a JavaScript um, a special JavaScript and it will start searching your site and then um, you can subscribe for eight bucks a month uh, to, but I think he gives you uh, a free demo. It's like an unlimited length of time demo, but it only gives you two results um, until you uh, subscribe for eight bucks a month. But I figure for eight bucks a month, he'll probably make a better search than I could make on my own doing anything fancy or special. Um, although I am going to support things like tagging and categories and stuff like that to make things easier on poor Chris who needs to find old shows when he's doing notes for new shows. <laughs> yeah. Two things like one, um, uh, I, I had, uh, on, cause since I switched to Tumblr and got rid of WordPress, I, um, I basically got rid of the Tumblr search. I, got rid of the icon because I didn't find their search very helpful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then lately, um, I just all of a sudden, like one day, and I don't know if it's just like my search terms in my brain are failing me now, lack of sleep, whatever pain medication, <laughs> but, <laughs> but seriously for the last like four months, if I'm trying to remember a post that I did somewhere on my site and I like do site colon Google, you know, like, site colon sickdays.com and search on Google or a search engine, um, it pulls up absolutely nothing. And I'm like, okay, let me try something simple like movie or podcast because I've talked about those things many times in my blog. Sure. Yeah. And it comes up with like nothing. And I'm like, I wonder what happened because before um, – I, at first I thought, well, I think maybe it could be because I'm using my own custom domain and it's really on a Tumblr page, like somewhere in the redirect, maybe it's getting lost. But uh, I swear it worked before. Mm. And so now I've turned on the Tumblr search and it almost works a little bit better than using search engines, but I'm really confused. Although maybe it's because I'm using um, DuckDuckGo now, but I think I would have... I still like it from time to time, like jump over to Google just to make sure I'm getting the right results. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that. But then the other thing is, uh, I completely understand what you're saying, not being a developer and not doing a tremendous amount of coding myself, um, just as a user or as a employee, my, um, the website that I'm working for now, which is launched, you can check it out. Um, there's still, it's kind of beta, I believe, but it's uh, episcura.com. It's kind of like, as it sounds, like E-P-I-S-C-U-R-A.com. Yeah. Um, they, uh, since they're doing textures for 3D people, uh, 
searching for images became like a big deal for them. So uh, their developer mm-hmm. put something together, but they just didn't like the way it worked. And so I think last I heard, um, they were going to go ahead and use Google search on their site, which as a business, that's going to cost them. And I can't remember like how much, but yeah. I thought that, thought that yeah. was really interesting because, you know, if I wanted to put Google search on my site, I could do it for free because I'm just some schlub with a blog. But I think you just have to accept ads. And yeah, right. And so, yeah, they you have Google search on Padizio or no? Uh, I did for a while. I don't believe I do anymore. Um, I used to have Google ads on Padizio as well, and I made <laughs> nothing off of that. So I got rid of them because I was like, I don't even, I don't even want to look at them or click on them. So, uh, let's see if I pull it up. I don't have any search on it right. at the moment. You just yeah. gotta, you just gotta use my categories, which also <laughs> are not particularly useful. Because they're for me more than more than for users. <laughs> That's the thing about hashtags is like I've never for a while there when um, I first got into uh, ooh what's the bookmarking service? Um, Delicious. Yeah. When I got into Delicious, that's when I started to learn to tag things, just like with whatever I could think of in my brain. Sure, yeah. To make it useful. But then whenever I was blogging, that felt kind of like obnoxious, like to, you know, here's the... Oh, sure, yeah. Here's my post on like, holy crap, Ernie Reyes Jr. was in our chat room when we were podcasting. And so now I'm going to have a tag of Ernie Reyes podcast chat room. Like, Yeah, right. It gets a little obnoxious when my post is probably... 50 words and the tags are 50 <laughs> words. Yeah. But, um, but that's like such the culture, like on Instagram, like, you know, yeah. you have to like tag, tag for likes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so then like I've become a minimal minimalist with tags when it comes to blogging and then, then I get mad at myself when I do a search and I can't find something. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I swear I tagged at this. And then when I finally do find the blog post, I'm like, I have th- three tags on it and none of them are the one I thought was. I'm like, oh, <laughs> bummer. But, so, uh, you know, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say um, just that uh, something about tags and I forgot. So go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say um, uh, John Gruber writes the uh, writes the website daringfireball.net um which is again i keep talking about these apple sites that i follow but uh uh he writes a lot about apple but also about baseball and occasionally politics um and the baseball i don't find particularly interesting in the politics i mostly agree with so it doesn't stand out to me <laughs> but the apple stuff is pretty interesting and he's mentioned on his uh his podcast uh the talk show several times that he actually maintains tags on his blog in the background and does not actually expose them on the front end at all. So they're they're 100% for his own internal use so that he can go back and find that that, you know, find that post that he wrote in 2007 that talks about such and such a thing. Um I guess he has a fairly um a, a fairly well-rounded um set of tags that he just kind of commonly uses so that he can sort of 
you know, flag things under specific topics for, for his own personal reference. And I thought that was an interesting idea. I haven't, I have never really gotten into, um, the idea of tagging so much. Um, I kind of think of it like, uh, like labels in Gmail, um, where I got all of my labels in Gmail have ended up being folders. For a little while, I tried like labeling an email with more than one thing, and I, I will never cross-reference them that way. I, I don't. I guess I just don't think that way, um, which is probably unfortunate because you have to sort of be thinking in the mode of what am I going to search for when I when I go to look for this thing, and that is not a way that I'm used to looking for things. I'm, I'm more used to, I'm going to categorize it here and then I'll know it's here the next time I go to look for it instead of trying to do a a random search. And that is inevitably how I lose things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I remember, uh, when I hired an intern, um, and I was, sort of blown away like um i can totally over explain this which is what i'm great at uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway i won't get into a lot of the technical stuff but i will say that um i remember asking him to find something and i said didn't you put it in the folder because we're working with clients so you've got stuff in the client's folder presumably for the project you're working on and uh but he was younger and he didn't know where he saved it. And he was a, a Mac user and so we were using Macs. So, you know, there's Spotlight. If you any of you never used OSX, it's sure great little function like in the corner of the top of the screen and you can search for anything on your computer. So he was totally living that sort of life where like, I don't need to know where this goes. I can just pop up in spotlight and find and it instantly. Find it. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I had heard like, this is what you're supposed to use spotlight for not wear yourself down and not spend hours. Like, okay, this is my 2015 photos. This is the time we went to the lake. This is the spring photos. These are, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you don't have to do that. You can just like, tag things or let them be free and i was like i can't that's not how i learned i learned on floppies this is disc one of 14 to play this video game like (laughs) yes exactly i have to fight the black knight but the black knight is on disc at 17 which i lost so i guess i'm done with this game i'm gonna say i won yes exactly (laughs) so i i i like the idea of tags but yeah i think i'm finding like i I'm not searching for the right tags when I do go looking for something through a tag. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, exactly. But uh, one of the things I was thinking of uh, recently for one of Chris's harebrained schemes, because, you know, Paula just mentioned, uh, you know, his sloppy code. And I was going to quickly jump in and say, that's, you know, something you should fix someday. And then I was like, Oh, when's the last time I wrote on that blog? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I got a little bogged down and forgot about my someday blog, but I'm working on it. Uh, but another harebrained scheme of mine, uh, is I was thinking like, 
I meet so many people, uh, and when I say I do a podcast, they're like, oh, really? Yeah, okay. And so sometimes people, they just don't, um, they don't listen to podcasts. Uh, I don't have time to listen to podcasts. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, one of the great things about podcasts is that you know, anyone can make one. Like this is, I can't remember who I was listening to, but like podcasts, uh, you got like uh, whoever I was listening to, there's probably on the Nerdist or something, but they were like um, podcasts right now are like the Wild West. And like <laughs> you should make one before like they get regulated or something like, oh, that was Kevin Pollack. He said that. Yeah. Um, he's like, uh, you know, and I don't foresee like any sort of fear. That this was the early days because he was one of the first. But uh, um, I don't see any fears of being regulated or anything like that. But um, I do know not too long ago there was like a lawsuit where someone was. Uh, you know, saying they had the copyright to podcasts and stuff and then <laughs> going after little guys instead yeah. of the big guys. Yeah, classic uh, patent troll kind of action. Um, yep. He had a patent on – it wasn't even um, – it was one of those patents where they tried to make the language as broad as possible so that they could cover – you know, yeah. things that are invented in the future that are clearly different than the thing that was intended to be patented. So it was something like the patent was originally for like a cassettes by mail type of service where you're going to regularly receive an audio recording. Um, <laughs> and he tried to tried to claim that as a as a valid patent for um for podcasting and he went after uh guys like Adam Curry who was probably the er- one of the earliest if not the earliest podcaster original podcaster um i think he started podcasting really just as uh, rss was kind of starting to take off as a thing so that's about as early as it gets since rss is a dependency for even starting to podcast uh, and he went after, I think, Leo Laporte. He went after um, uh, Adam Carolla, I believe. Um, so he was going after both. Uh, or he was going after names, both big and small. And I and I think this is one of those cases too, where it was a it was a patent that ended up getting purchased by one of these holdings companies that just holds a bunch of patents, and that's their business model: is we're going to buy patents and then charge people royalties and if they won't pay uh we'll take them to court and uh shake out their lunch money so um (laughs) yeah and and the i mean i was watching something and you know the the whole point of the patent troll is um to not go after like the big big guys to just go after people who have some money because they go after an amount of money that they know is less than what it'll take for them to buy lawyers. <laughs> yep, yep, that's the strategy. That's exa- uh, it's it's uh it's sort of like a bluffing strategy in poker. Like I want to bet enough that I can 
uh, that I can keep this, that I can keep the bets coming in until I get to the point where I don't want, <laughs> I don't want them to make me flip my cards. And then I'm going to bet a lot of money and we're going to be done here. Um, but it, in the meantime, I'm going to keep these rounds going. I'm just going to kind of bet a little bit just so that we can keep putting money in the pot. Uh, trick everybody into, into keeping, keeping going here. If I take on one of the big sharks or somebody has a, somebody actually has a hand that I'm playing, I'm going to lose. So I'm not going to sue Apple because they have tons of money and lots of lawyers, but I am going to sue Nokia because they just got bought by Microsoft and they uh, are not doing well right now. So yes. So now never play poker with my mom because she knows your strategy paul oh there you go (laughs) um and all of our listeners (laughs) so aside from the legal i bluff all the time (laughs) i i said i was gonna play but i'm not even gonna play poker boom (laughs) Um, (laughs) all the time the only way to win is not to play that's what i've heard so i uh Aside from the legal stuff, my podcast idea was since I hear so many people saying, you know, I don't have time or I don't listen, um, I I get like there's lots of excuses not to check out a podcast. Um, And I think some of us like to finish things. So you want to listen from the beginning to the end and others of us (laughs) can just like walk to the store and listen for 10 minutes and then (laughs) listen 20 minutes later somewhere else. Um, so I'm sure there's lots of excuses, but what I was thinking, <laughs> uh, was that, uh, it'd be kind of fun to start like a pod club or a listening party as it were, and maybe make it like a monthly thing. And even if it's just like, it sounds kind of hokey, but, uh, you know, I'm playing to the audience. My mom's in the audience. She's going to be like, I'm not that old. But I was thinking the old days where you like sat in front of the big wooden radio and listened to the Black Shadow or whatever. Sure. Um, So I was thinking it'd just be fun because when you have like a party or a gathering, you get together to converse. So I was thinking it'd be nice to get like together with some people and maybe like each month, like someone else gets to choose like a podcast to expose the other folks to. And you listen to it just like you would watch a movie with friends and then you have coffee or whatever afterwards, right? Like that's my idea for pod club. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I think we are uh, being so hit with media and uh, stuff in our lives these days. I know for for me, one of the things that I'm finding difficult again is uh, – when I spend all day working at a computer, like I have no desire to like touch the computer after I'm done. <laughs> so I was thinking like we have so, so many different forms of media to entertain ourselves. But the truth of the fact is that um, as silly as it sounds, it, it might actually be nice to just like sit down and relax somewhere where you don't have to like pay full attention with your eyeballs. Like you can listen to something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I agree. Mom says you have coffee during and after. During and after. Right. Which is true. It's a party. <laughs> uh, we have a uh, guest joining us now in the studio here. I'm going to go ahead and uh, switch her mic on a second. Sweet. 
Oh, I've got cookies. Whoa, it's Tina. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's me and I'm eating. Shut up. That's delicious. Uh, <laughs> what kind of cookies did you make? <laughs> the lady next door gave us home-baked cookies because Paul blowed, uh, snow blowed her, the <laughs> snow blowed the, the sidewalk. I snow blowed the sidewalk <laughs> all winter for them. <laughs> Up oh. and down <laughs> the sidewalk. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Nice. Can you turn this up so I can hear a little better? Sure. <laughs> she she gave us cookies because he waxed her floor, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I make a habit not to do that with my neighbors. Sure, sure. Scandal. Ah, uh, so um, one of the things uh, I've been watching while I work because I like to watch bad TV now is I'm sorry, um, universe, but sometimes, especially in today's world, um, you might have to find alternate methods to watch something. I've been watching that Powers show that's only on the Sony PlayStation Network. What? Yeah, so it's a graphic novel, comic book that was turned into a TV show and Sony Entertainment was like, we're totally doing this and you get to watch it on the PlayStation Network. Cool. Okay, Hmm. so they're going to jump in the game. That's cool. So I go looking for it on my PlayStation 3 and I can't find it. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's out now. So I keep looking and I can't find it. So I get on the Internet. Oh, by the way, uh, it's on the PlayStation Network, but right now it's only on the PlayStation 4. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I, know. I was like, what What kind of model is that? Like you have yeah. a show, you want to launch a show, you want people to watch it, and you're like, oh, sorry, you can't. Yeah. It's kind of like, honestly, Yahoo, I have yet to be able to find community, even though it's probably mostly done because <laughs> I'm in Yahoo Canada. Oh, yeah. And so Yahoo Canada is like, oh, yeah, we don't have TV. I'm right. like, but you're Yahoo. Like, you can't say. Yeah. yeah. Yahoo <laughs> screen, that, eh? Yeah. But then I guess the interesting thing is is that Sony, um, uh, they're, you know, I don't know how much a PlayStation 4 is, like 500 bucks. I was like. So I have to pay 500 bucks to watch this TV show. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess if I had cable, that's like at least three to five months of cable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, I guess you're not losing that much if they had other shows besides one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Sony is so fragmented. Like I've got a – I think the – um the Blu-ray player that we have is a Sony Blu-ray player and it's got one of the better interfaces for a Blu-ray player, which uh, is a good sign because isn't Sony essentially behind the Blu-ray standard um, like they were with Betamax? Am I getting my companies confused? I'm not sure they're behind. I mean, the PlayStation 3 has a Blu-ray player in it, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think they... um, kind of pioneered that along alongside uh HD. Pioneer? boom yeah boom <laughs> pioneer alongside hd dvd um 
and then Blu-ray ultimately ended up winning somehow. Um, so we've got a Sony Blu-ray player, and uh, one of the quote-unquote internet channels that it has because it has like a ethernet jack on the back so you can do you can do the typical like netflix and hulu and amazon instant video through it um but it has like a gazillion other channels um most of which are weird or obscure some of which are kind of interesting some of which no longer work so they're not exactly keeping up with like pulling them out when uh when they go away um uh, but one of those is like Sony movies and you can open this up and it's like movies that Sony, um, their, you know, media production group did. And you can like rent Spider-Man through that. Um, but it's only Sony movies. And <laughs> even though they have this channel for Sony movies, it does not cover things like the stuff that they do for the PlayStation Network. There's no mention of the PlayStation Network because you don't own a PlayStation. You had you just have a Blu-ray player. You should go buy a PlayStation is what you really should do if you if you wanted one. And yeah. then strangely enough, the Blu-ray player is actually kind of shaped like a PlayStation, even though <laughs> it's <laughs> it is not one. It's just but, they use the same hardware inside. <laughs> it pro- yeah, it probably is a PlayStation with like uh, silly putty jammed into the jacks for the controllers. Right. And the Bluetooth chip turned off, so you can't do a wireless controller. What what kind of cookies are they? Um, well, <laughs> the one I just ate had, like, uh, peanuts and oatmeal and several Ooh. delicious M&Ms in it. I don't know what it was, but it was good. <laughs> um, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna say because I know you two are watching Arrow. Um, have you seen the trailer for that new show that's like a spinoff, like Legends of something? No, I haven't. So, interestingly enough, they're doing some sort of spinoff, um, which is kind of like Justice League, but not really. <laughs> hmm. And so uh, the people are the Adam, who I don't really know. <laughs> um, I think Arrow and Flash will be back and forth in there because they obviously have their own shows. Yep. Um, and then there's the White Canary. Um, and uh, let's see, who else was in that preview? Uh, oh, strangely enough, uh, Cold. And Heatwave, the bad guys mm. from The Flash, are now good guys <laughs> <laughs> on this new show that they're doing. Uh, I don't know when it starts, but the thing that got me was the team gets together. And, of course, they're like, we're not a team. But someone steps in and says, you are, at least in the future. And it's this, like, time-traveling character. Ah, and so great. he's like... We need you to help. But the thing I wanted to tell you both, my Whovian friends, is that the <laughs> time-traveling character is uh, our good friend Rory. Whoa. Oh, really? Yeah, and he has, like, a different voice, you know, because he's not, like, the subdued Rory. Like, he's yeah. a hero now. And it was, like, when I heard he was going to be in the show and then I saw the trailer was posted, I was like, oh, let me go watch that. And I watched it and I was like... Wow, that didn't even seem like him. That's he's <laughs> awesome. Really? 
Yeah. And then someone else was like, uh, I think I watched it on io9.com. Someone else was like, and check it out. He's totally wearing like a 10th doctor jacket, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I was like, oh, that's a fun little callback. (laughs) Mom says she, you know, she, she'd like to have get togethers to listen to our show, but we're, we're on live too late. But see, ah. that means I have to come visit home and teach you how to like download the show so you can play them whenever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you can rehear them four weeks later. <laughs> yes. Right. Or if you miss the show. Yeah. Because apparently it's too late for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's new, Tina? Let's cookies. see. Sugar. Besides cookies and sugar, probably some of the first real food that I've eaten in the last five days, but. Oh, you didn't like real food before? I wasn't hungry. Oh, that's interesting. I suffer from the opposite of that. Well, everything smelled weird. Wow. Well, I almost yacked on Paul because he was eating pulling peels right next to my face. (laughs) My new favorite thing that I, uh, that I binge on occasionally as these Twizzler pull and peels. Um, oh. Although, actually, I think I'm kind of over them now. So, Oh, well, it's because he ate five of them last night when he thought that I was asleep. Yes, and they were delicious. <laughs> but <laughs> they... Uh, <laughs> he had after, draped over his lap so that they were right in front of my nose. After, after you have so many of them, they stop tasting like the delicious strands of sugar that they are, and they start tasting like cold medicine, so... <laughs> Yes, this is true. Yeah, I've been I've been doing all sorts of crazy like maybe I'll try this. I'll try that. Right now I'm I'm drinking a of soda from the fancy health store because it only has 7 grams of sugar in it and it's called uh Sip. What a fun name, but it's from Vancouver, but it 7 grams of sugar and it's coriander orange flavored. <laughs> <laughs> coriander orange hmm. yeah basically uh i tried one that was like a lavender lemon um and that one was like i drank a little bit of it i drank half of it and it was all right and then i gave it to my wife and she was like yeah I can, I don't think I could drink a whole one either. And I said, yeah, so you don't think it's good? And she's like, no, it's just a nice reminder that I don't need to drink pop. Ah, (laughs) I I was like, oh, I should probably buy a case of these. Like every time I'm like, oh, I could sure use a Coke. I'll drink one of these and be like, right. I never want pop ever again. (laughs) 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 So, yeah. But I've been and then I try to think like, oh, I'm just going to get like some semi-sweet chocolate chips because uh, I can snack on like just a small bowl of those and feel like I got to eat a lot of chocolate. And then, you know, four bowlfuls later, I'm just like, I'm just eat out of the bag now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm going to save time and get rid of the pretense here. (laughs) Yes. It's like, you know, as a as a man and probably I shouldn't make it sexist, but uh um we uh 
we get out of a lot of the homemaking stuff because we live in a sexist world. So as a man, you just like weigh the options. Like I could just bring the whole bag of Twizzlers with me or get a bowl or a plate, which then I have to wash. <laughs> you weigh those consequences like, oh, I'm not going to wash anything. That's crazy. That's something I learned when I moved here and got married. My wife like uses a bowl for everything. And I was like, oh, this is portion control. <laughs> 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 this really works. And she's like, well, it would work. But now there's two of us eating out of this bowl. So we have to fill it again. <laughs> <laughs> I like to eat out of bowls. Yeah. Or very large uh, bowl-sized uh, coffee mugs. Yes, yes. I have obsessions with those. She does like those. It's true. Really? It's okay. Mila likes to run around with little bowls in her hand, too. She does, yeah. Amelia, our daughter, she's going to be uh, two in July, and she uh, she loves little uh, plastic play silverware and uh, bowls and plates and stuff like that. And she will grab anything that's like a bowl or like a cup and uh, run around and put a spoon in it and pretend to stir what's in it. And then she'll pretend to feed you and, and make you have a sip of stuff. It's uh, it's adorable as uh, kids who are that age are. She's kind of reached the point where there are uh, – she hasn't hit the quite – the level of tantrums that she will when she gets to the full on two year old stage. Um, but she's sort of beyond the, um, I'm just going to cry all the time. Anytime anything's wrong stage as well. Like she at least attempts to communicate her desires before she totally gives up and starts throwing things. So, um, so there's a little bit more room for adorableness, uh, in between those two phases where they're like, they haven't realized that they, we'll just start throwing tantrums over everything yet. Um, and that's uh that's a good stage to be in. I would say she also sleeps <laughs> all the way through the night, which is another really lovely stage to be in. So does she, do you guys have one of those gyro bowls that she can carry around and never spills? <laughs> no, but now I want one. <laughs> I, I remember seeing one of those like in, a, in the children's section of a store once or online or, or something like think geek mm-hmm. or something and i was like that's kind of fabulous but i bet a, ki- a kid could, could could defeat it in like less than a minute for sure <laughs> like, hey it never spills what if i throw it what if i tip it completely upside down yeah yeah <laughs> like then it becomes a challenge right right or maybe that's just me. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I think uh I will say as parents that we've essentially given up on uh our both our carpets and our couches which for, <laughs> fortunately um I mean our carpets were were somewhat nice when we we moved in except that the people that lived here before had dogs and so they they I mean there's still dog hair in them I'm sure. Um but our our couches have always been um uh either hand me downs or used ones that we were able to pick up that were in decent shape so we've never really had to never really cared all that much if something gets spilled on them or whatever uh, they also happen to be brown which works out for us cuz we tend to spill coffee on them and then you can't tell so um but we we definitely have kind of crafted our our 
our furniture and our housing to the to the fact that we have little kids and little kids are going to spill things and draw on things with crayons and do all kinds of stuff and we don't really want to feel at this point in our lives like that stuff is is particularly precious and we should be protecting the couch over you know the the cuteness of the child um, <laughs> That doesn't mean we just let them run around with crayons and draw on everything <laughs> that they can find, uh, but it does mean that if we catch them doing it, uh, we can give them an appropriate punishment without freaking out <laughs> at them. <laughs> yeah, Avalon single-handedly destroyed the uh, recliner by bouncing on it. Yes. Yeah. For like the last two years. It's totally true. Kids like to jump on uh, things that are springy. <laughs> yeah yeah um so that's parent that's parenting with paul and tina <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you definitely need to get a roomba <laughs> yeah yeah well one of the so one of the fabulous features of this house and it is fabulous that's not an exaggerative word in any way um it has uh you've heard of central air which is oh, yes. air conditioning it yes. has central vac yeah my in-laws had that at their last place and then uh i actually had that uh my first job ever <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's amazing yes so you're not you're not carting around the vacuum cleaner you're just carting around basically the attachments the hoses that kind of stuff but uh the other thing that's nice, or the thing that's nice about that is in the kitchen, there's actually a little kick plate where you can just kick it open and then it can, it'll, it'll just suck whatever's on the floor in front of it and in, right into that. So since there's hardwood floors, you can just kind of sweep everything into that spot and then you kick it open and you sweep everything right into there. So you're never, you're not doing any dustpan shenanigans. It's amazing. Wow. That is nice. That's one of one of the things like I struggle with is uh, because I am a perfectionist. I know you don't know that by looking at me or my website or my work, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it drives me crazy. Like when you get a dustpan out and you can just never get all of it right. There's yes, like always there's always <laughs> one little line of yeah, and you're like, I'll just sweep that into the grout or something. Uh-huh, uh, yes. <laughs> So, yeah, I always, like, unless I'm, like, particularly lazy, but at that point I'm already cleaning. So I always, like, sweep up my piles, and then I just go get the vacuum and suck them up. <laughs> like, yeah. Screw yeah. you, dustpan. Um, <laughs> yes, you have, the, you have the one line of exactly dustpan thickness dust. <laughs> yes. That will, never, that will never come up, so housekeeping avocados yeah podcast yeah we're, we're killing it we are we're totally killing it i uh i seriously want to buy several uh raspberry pies and turn them into uh skype boxes for the for my podcasting rig here i think that would be cool sweet although they don't um i'd have to figure out because the Although the Raspberry Pi does have audio out and audio out jack on it, um, it's not particularly well shielded, so there's there's chance for noise, especially if you get a bunch of things together. Yes. Um, so I think it, they would need like a like an external USB sound card or something along those lines 
There's, um, I mean, if you got serious about it, uh, you could look. I mean, pies are less expensive, but um, there's like the other boards, micro or yeah, you know, yeah, and a lot of them, including the pie, have other um, attachments. So, because I was looking at, and I, I want to say it might have actually been a pie, but there was a, um like some serious audiophile because I've always been looking to maybe upgrade my um, box with all our music on it that I use Subsonic on. And one of the tutorials I was reading, I don't remember if it was a Raspberry Pi or a BeagleBone or some other box, but they had purchased an additional card that plugs in uh, to existing connection on the Raspberry Pi. And then they had like um, uh, Spitif out or like uh, a fiber optic out for their audio because they were serious about it. Oh, nice. So I'm sure that there's probably a solution. Although, again, since it's just a board plugging into another board, it might not be well shielded. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. So, but uh, I'm still really interested in, I might, maybe I'll look into that this summer. Um, I was thinking of actually subscribing to like a mumble server for like a month just to try it out for us. Yeah. Yeah. That could be cool. Just to see if it would be a better solution to get rid of some of the lag and stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I could get rid of some of the lag and then you can have the server actually record the tracks independently as well, which that's um, what you were saying. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So then if you've got, if you've got that part of it working, then you could really um, eliminate a lot of the hardware requirements. On like on my end, having multiple computers and doing the whole board piece piece of the because then everybody can just be in the same chat, um, and you don't you don't have to mix them together and send them mix minus and do all that stuff. That's crazy. I didn't know that Mumble was capable of that. Yeah, it is. Um, I was I was looking into it too because I thought that was interesting. The thing that the thing that kept me from doing it is the idea that we have um or the thought that we we tend to have rotating guests on Montreal sauce and uh I don't want like it can be challenging enough sometimes to walk from somebody through like get Skype installed, have a decent mic, connect to us that way. Um if there's any kind of technical hurdle like mumble, um I I would be concerned that they just wouldn't, you know, because it's not a main a, a more mainstream piece of software to use, um, right? Because you have the server and then you have to download something else. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. But that doesn't mean I we couldn't <clears throat> use we couldn't use Mumble for like you and me and guests who were technically savvy, like uh, you know Jacob, um, and then just. I could continue to do the Skype thing on my end and um, I could record everybody else's tracks and use the, and use the mumble tracks if I wanted to. Um, Could be, could be a way to work. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like, it's kind of, when you told me that I was like, man, no more looking at uh, Craigslist for equipment for me. (laughs) Yeah. That's something fun I get to do sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I can't sleep, I just open it up and uh, look at it and go, oh, that's interesting. I was looking for a mic the other day. (laughs) So, uh, so 
Dan Benjamin, uh, who I purchased the board that we're running on right now from the the uh, the big audio board, uh, which the one that I have is the um, Mackie oh. Onyx. I think it's the i sixteen or something like that. I I can't remember exactly what it is. I'll I'll look it up and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but it's it's a FireWire mixer. It's got um, 16 channels on it. It's got, I think, uh, four uh, aux, uh, aux sends, which I can use to send uh, mix minus to all the different guests so I can have up to four people on Skype. Um, it's a really great board. It's also fantastic for like live mixing. So if I needed to take it somewhere to mix like a live event or something like that, I would have tons of channels to work with. Uh, so it could be used in that kind of a setting. It's, it's beautiful for that. Um, but he, uh, is recommending now for the kind of setup that we do. Um, uh, I believe it's focus, right. Has a, um, has a piece of equipment that is not not specifically a board um it's more of just an audio audio capture but it does have digital signal processing in it so you can also do the same like mix minus sends with it um that i do with the board you just do them all in the computer and then and then program the program the machine to do it essentially um let me see what that one is yeah, I've seen some of their stuff for sure. Focus, right? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's more of an audio interface. Yeah, it's the. I believe it's the. It's not the Scarlet. Which one is it here? Yeah, they have a lot. They they, they do like have colors. a ton of stuff. Um. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not that. What am I thinking? Who am I? <laughs> Where am I? It's just uh, an excuse to listen to the show again. Yeah, it's just an it's just an excuse to listen to the show again. Uh, but he talks about it on the latest uh, podcast method. Which, uh, if you're interested in uh, doing podcasting in the future, that's a great uh, a great show to listen to because he talks about uh, not just the hardware and software and like mixing techniques and and things like that, but he also talks about um, promoting your podcast, um, getting it into iTunes, um, how to have a good successful launch of your uh, podcast, um, things like that, doing multiple shows. Um, He hasn't gone into things like uh, techniques for scheduling guests and stuff like that, although uh, that is more or less just uh, keep communicating with them until they give you a solid date or a solid no. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's pretty much the trick there. This is true. Yeah, that's, uh, it's kind of interesting just for me. Like, um, I was living, as they say, paycheck to paycheck, uh, when it came to guests in their earlier seasons. And then, um, as I got my game together, it was like scheduled everybody out and felt really good about it. <laughs> and then we yeah. get to today and I was like, do I really want to do that? Because I'm not in that headspace right now. I'm not into the pre-production. Go find me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we actually 
uh, in our discussion of um, doing a show with just Paul and I and jawing with you about um, Central Vacuum and avocados. (laughs) (laughs) And the undercooked cheeseburger that Paul made for me yesterday that remade its appearance just a few minutes ago. Whoa. No way. Yes. It would have made its appearance way sooner than that if it was bad. I ate the mm. leftovers. Oh, I don't know. You, well, you ate the leftovers. That's oh, I, that. You know what? I grabbed that sucker and put it in the fridge right away. So there was no time for those little buggies to live. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because I, I would I would wonder if she is right, um, not just to take her side because she, she's not in uh, hitting me range. But uh, <laughs> um, but when I going through the diabetes classes and um, learning from the nurse, um, one of the things that uh, that happens is uh, your body has a hard time with uh, meats and proteins. So um, so they were saying, uh, like, you know, we could go out and celebrate uh, Paul's birthday coming up next month together. And <laughs> I could have a steak and a piece of birthday cake and I could poke my finger and test my blood. And it would look perfectly fine, even though I had a piece of cake. And be like, rock and roll. And then the next morning, wake up and check my blood before breakfast and it'll skyrocket because it Mm -hmm. takes your body a long time to process the meat. So Sure. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I always thought that was interesting, too. I was like, really? Dang. (laughs) Can't have any fun. Actually learned um, a lot of that in one of the classes I went to, where there was like this old man who was like obsessed with steak. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, "Okay, so you just have to have balanced meals. So you know, and that's the whole thing. Like you have to have your vegetables, maybe a starch, and then like some protein. And like the vegetables and the starch are like kind of your bigger portions of the pie, and the protein is a smaller one." Mm-hmm. And he's like. But, you know, what if I, you know, like how big is the portion? And she's like, just the size of your palm of your hand. That's a perfect portion size. Yeah, but have you ever had like, he was naming off these steaks and she's like, yeah, it's too much. And he's like, but I really like to have. She's like, yeah, it's too much. (laughs) (laughs) So then she'd move on and she'd be talking about like another subject, like what what to do when you have low blood sugar. And he would raise his hand and he's like, could I have a piece of steak? (laughs) He's just obsessed. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. And then she finally got frustrated with him. And uh, she said, you know, I think what you need to do is maybe talk to someone about um, eating habits and control, not necessarily your dietary needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, my wife and I were just dying. We're like, he really likes his steak. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah. Word. Sorry, I thumped the... Well, this thing's heavy here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyway, I started to say we uh, did this show and uh, we also thought we would take it easy and just do an hour-long show. And since Tina popped in and said hi, which I appreciate, she also brought a cookie for herself and not one for me. So I'm going to go get ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The wife and I are going to walk to Marble's Lab, which is like four blocks away. It's a good healthy walk. And then I'm going to eat ice cream and walk back. And it's like not even having ice cream. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) That sounds awesome. So uh, 
come back next week. We will have Edmonton author, children's author, um, Marty Chan. Uh, he seems pretty cool. I'm excited to talk to him. He's currently moved from children's book to writing this uh, youth adult series about um, an alternate universe, uh, young Harry Houdini. It's kind of interesting. I've read two of them so far, which are the only two that are out. Um, and uh, so it's kind of cool because they're like steampunky and it's interesting. <laughs> um, so that should be a lot of fun when we talk to him. Um, and that'll be our last show for a while. Uh, Paul and I are going to take a, a little break, maybe come back in June or July. Who knows? Um, yep. <clears throat> And also keep an eye. Uh, we're done with Film Frown, but we still have shows to release in case you missed a few. So go to filmfrown.com or, you know, just subscribe. Definitely check out iTunes and rate us. That'd be awesome. That would be sweet. We would appreciate uh, it. And then, yeah, keep an eye on filmfrown.com because I hope, after talking to Paul this evening, to schedule some bonus episodes this summer with maybe some people across the pond so that like, I can be up with my friend at 4 a.m. or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I'm gonna we're going to get together a poll of movies to watch for the next season and let you, the listeners, vote on which movies we watch or guests like tina or whoever wants to be a guest can vote as well anyone can vote <laughs> i like those movies so so i've got a big nasty list of films and uh, <laughs> we're gonna put up a poll and then you the listeners get to torture us so thanks for listening to our shorter episode um i'm excited for ice cream so yeah Hey, my name's Chris. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter you, Twitterverse. Am I a Twitterati? I don't know what that is. I don't know if you're a Twitterati. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who qualifies as a Twitterati. I was curious, but you can find me there at SickDays, S-I-K-K-D-A-Y-S, or you can go to SickDays.me to see uh, what sort of things I've written and where I'm writing them and all other stuff. So, yeah, that's me in a handbag. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I am also uh, also on Twitter uh, at Paul D P A U L D, uh, or you can check out my blog uh, padizio.com P A D I Z I O dot com. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's me in a handgun. <laughs> Tina's still there. Yeah, I haven't used my Twitter account in forever, but I'm at Teeny D V L. T E E N Y N Y D V L, and it's awesome that she doesn't use it. It's like like a post secret account. You can just say things about your boss and send it to that account, and no one will know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thanks again for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we do this because we have fun, and uh, so yeah. Thanks for having fun with us, and. Uh, Remember, if life gives you potatoes, make poutine. <laughs> what? <laughs> you haven't heard my sign-off? No. Yeah, that's my uh, ridiculous sign-off because I needed a ridiculous sign-off for Montreal sauce. So what better than to talk about poutine? It sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs>